Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Father, thank you so much for now the potential of every person here that what you command us to do, you also empower us to do at the level we've yielded to you. We know that sovereignty exists. You can gift anybody with an ability that is from you, and yet they haven't grown into that level. You're just gifting them to do something that must be done. But Lord, what we're talking about and what you're talking about with disciples, there's a discipline that we uh, identify as necessary to grow into what you've determined we should be. Bless your people now. Let these be the ones, Lord, that you use in a way like no one else has ever been used. We give you glory for it in advance. And we thank you that we declare the wonder-working power of God here amongst these. That each one be good ground. To God be the glory in Jesus' name. By way of recapitulation, by way of reiteration, I talked to you about something about the process of your spiritual responsibility in God using the disciples uh, as an example. And what I, I did is I asked you to look at Luke chapter 9 and Luke 10 where Jesus sent his disciples out to uh, cities and villages and houses and I identified families, which is represented by houses, towns, or in some cases it says villages or towns, and then to cities. And if you notice that, each of those were a progression. He sent disciples out. In this case, he sent them two at a two by two. One put a thousand to flight, what? Two will put 10,000 to flight. So he sent them there and they didn't know they were in training because they're disciples to do something representing God and to be effective in representing him. So I said, as we have just identified that in a family, um, uh, which we talked about a family, is now where we become corporate. But before we become corporate in a family, we're all individuals. A young man has to grow into not just, he's already a male, but grow into manhood. A young girl has to grow into womanhood. And then when they see each other by prophetic revelation to be married, they have then the union of the marriage bed, the consummation of the union of that marriage is not just when the preacher says, I now present, I now declare you are one together. You're now husband and wife. The consummation of it is the union of the marriage bed where the assumption is she's a virgin and he's a virgin and the, it's a blood covenant, meaning that there should be the, the, the fruit of that, that there should be something on that, uh, those sheets that says she was a virgin. And in a contemporary times, you don't always think of it that way, but there should be blood. It's a blood covenant. It's a death covenant. When I get with my wife, even right now, and I look in her eyes, and I, I say to her, I said, woman... You think I'm just with you when you're up walking and doing things for me and being my wife? He said, look, we said it in sickness and in health. I'm with you right now. You got me, woman. That's how I talk to her. I talk to her like that. 
And she goes, she laughs at she laughs because she knows I'm, I'm there. I'm, I'm, this is a death covenant. I'm no less the man of God to her while she's laying there on the bed can do nothing for me. Not even talk. If she prays for me, she has to do it silently. But it's not about what she does for me right now. It's about what I do in the seasons of the challenges of life. How am I holding up in relation to a responsibility in Christ's likeness? Not just being a husband. So look, so individually, look now, please, just bear with me on this stuff like this now. So, so the last three days, uh, again, I was inside. I, I, I only left to go see her because she was coughing in there and sneezing and all. And I'm still kissing her on the jaw, kissing her in the face and all. Then I started coughing and sneezing and all. And it got really serious. And so for the last three days, again, I had to seek the Lord. And then, of course, when I talked with my daughter, I said, I'm not going where I was going or my son. They said, what's going Did you get tested and all this? They said, you got COVID. I've already told them about COVID. You know, I should have, I should have declared the same thing over colds that I declared over COVID. And, and look, and now, now, I'm just saying that I have assignment. I talked with somebody yesterday about negotiating with God based on the vision of what he made you for. And if that isn't done, then you got to understand you're not going to die because if you die and you haven't fulfilled God's will, it's God's will that's not being done. Not just you dying. So negotiate with God. Your dedication level and then your union with God also helps to be your sustaining power. It's your confidence. And that's what I'm in. I'm on, I'm on assignment right here. And I, I discussed that with you last week too. And I said all the things that, that have gone like naturally wrong here, my bottom line is I'm on assignment. So my assignment is greater than my situations. And my example is also the ultimate responsibility. So, okay, so individually, you got to be like the man or woman of God before you have the union of the bed, of the marriage bed and the covenant of family. So it's individual, family, church. That's the order. Then government, okay? And that's all the government issues. Then free associations. Do you understand what I just said? So government is also a creative order. What do you mean? Because God created man to govern the earth. But I said to you before, the first law of government is self-government. You see that? If you can't, when privately, if you're not privately devout, see, that's why I've also said to you that accountability is sin management. If you got to have accountability, that means you are still immature or undedicated. Meaning that if you're not privately devout, there's something missing in your relationship with God. So the issue with me, I'm, I'm, I'm alone now, okay? But not really. Why? Because I got God. So am I devout? So I'm judging myself to see, am I in the word? Am I in prayer? Am I what? Am I doing something I wouldn't do if my wife was right there? Am I privately devout? Well, what if I'm out of alignment with God, that not only is discounting the power of the Holy Ghost in my life right now, it also, I'm going to be judged for it in the great day at the coming of the Lord. 
I, I don't want to lose. I've been like in this for like almost 50 years now and going on. No, to, to waste all of that by nonsense now? Man, if I was going to do nonsense, I should have done that a long time ago. Oh, you understand what I'm saying? Okay, I hope you understand what I'm saying. So, yeah. So, no. So, it's private devotion. Am I authentic? Am I legitimate? Am I personally devout? So, you got to get this now. No one should need to watch over you so that you understand and that others understand you're godly with nobody looking. But here's what you understand. You carry the DNA, the genetic order of God himself. And secondly, angels are watching you. God is watching you. Jesus is praying for you. The spirits of just men made perfect, meaning those that are resurrected, that are in heaven already, are watching you. No, you, you, you're never alone. It's just that you're, insisted, you're insensitive to the company around you. So to that degree, there is an illegitimacy in your relationship with God. Are you hearing me? So you're growing. So I said to you, please just follow me along. I'm just foundational, right? So I said to you, it's not what you, where you're going to, it's where you're what? Growing to. Why? Because God's going to place you at the level you've allowed him to grow you. So it's not a matter of gifts, talents, education, culture, none of that. It's, it's whether or not you've let God develop you in his likeness because there's no ceiling on it. You, you are already, by genetic order, amazing. So, okay, so then, so I said to you, with regard to all of that, so they handled, the 12 handled going out by them two by two. Great way. Came back with a great testimony. The 70, 72 in another passage, had a great testimony. They went out, they, they had signs, wonders, diverse gifts of the Holy Ghost. Listen, let me tell you, I'm being exposed. Now, younger, I mean, I clearly had miracle services. I, I clearly had them, you know, it didn't matter. I mean, you can go to some of my promise keepers where they want you. They didn't want you to talk in tongues. They didn't want you to talk too much about the Holy Ghost. I mean, you could examine some of my talks. I taught on the Holy Ghost, including tongues and promise keepers. Because why? They, they cannot dictate the, the, the level. You cannot tell me not to say what is true to the Bible. One of my sons, he hasn't been with me in a while, up in Chicago, just had a meeting in, in, uh, in another city. And it was a prayer meeting gathering pastors. But one of the people who were who have participated, he said, don't talk in tongues. Don't pray in tongues. So I said, right away, that was a signal. What? There's not much going to happen. Why? Because you, you were told to do something that's biblical. Nowhere the Bible tells you not to talk. This tells you if you talk in tongues, here are the responsibilities you got to do if you talk in tongues. Let there be an interpreter. Let, and then look, only on and on, I could go into it, but that's, that's 1 Corinthians 12, don't go to 14, all the way to 14. So you can see what is is. But I knew that in that meeting, that was a gathering of pastors, but wasn't much going to happen. You're just meeting. you got to take the ceiling off, especially if it's biblical. If something is biblical, you got to be, look, this is, we take off no stops. Let me make a pacing point of D.L. Moody. The, the Moody Bible Institute right now and that whole circle are called evangelicals. That means non-charismatics. But, they, but they, you're saying that charismatics are not evangelical? Yes. Why? Because you talk in tongues? Isn't the history book of the New Testament Acts full 
of people talking in tongues and miracle signs and wonders. So just because a whole group of churches, what is called evangelical churches, don't do that, does that mean we who see the revelation shouldn't do it? That's nonsense. You've got to do what the Bible says because the ultimate accountability is to God himself. So if you want God to move and you ask the Holy Ghost and tongues, Paul says, when I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding. So I want to say to you, some of you may not talk in tongues, but I'm just saying it's a biblical premise, and that's what you saw after the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. This is not, it's not denominationalism. And when it talks about tongues, it says, if any man thirsts, let him come. When it comes to you being born again, that's hunger. But when you get thirsty, you're talking now about the Holy Ghost. And the least of the gifts is tongues. So you can tell where man is about it is that he's underdeveloped in it. Let me go one step further. If the Spirit of God is the one that gets you born again and God is a spirit, if Paul says, when I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, you're saying you're born of the Spirit, the Word of God is spirit, and God is spirit, and you, and you are, the Bible says, he just joined into the Lord is one spirit. You're saying you are spirit, the Word is spirit, the Holy Ghost is spirit, God is spirit, and you can't talk in the language of the God of your Father? Well, you well, in the natural, you would disagree with that. The reason that you talk the language you talk now is because your daddy talked that. Sure. Well, see, we've made tongues out of a gift. No, tongues is just clearly the language of the Father. But it's not, it's not exclusive to any one culture. And you saw that at the outpouring of the Pentecost there, that they heard them talk in their own languages. Because why? Talking in the Spirit is transcendent. Do you understand that terminology? That means it doesn't matter whether you're Russian, Chinese, Japanese, German, French. Talking in the spirit can reveal to that person the wishes of God if you didn't talk French or German or anything. Because in those environments, when you talk in the spirit, there can be an interpretation by a French person, even in English. Or if you talk in the spirit and prophesy in the spirit, then that person in French can interpret that. Why? Because the spirit taught tongues is transcendent. It means it, you can, God can get across to any language. Why? He's the author of languages. But be greater than that, he's the author of the people who speak the languages. So get this, people. Don't let historical misunderstandings of tongues get you confused about it. Sure you want to talk in tongues. Paul says, I pray in tongues more than you all. Now look at that. But then he starts giving out where to have order with it, not to not have it at all. Are you getting it? Do you get this? There's no extra charge for this. I should charge you something extra for this. This is some amazing stuff right here. I'm just saying. <laughs> so look, but we got to grow now. People, this is late in history. You got the world spitting in our faces. You tell me that the church isn't responsible for the division of the political parties? What do you mean? God left us in charge of the earth, just like he created Adam to be in charge of the earth. And Jesus then leads his disciples. So let me go on with it then. So, so you have, so the disciples were faithful with 12 going out and came back. Then he was faithful with the 72 that went out and came back. Now Jesus said, okay, I've let you take houses over, be an example. I've let you take towns and villages. I've let you take cities. Look at the increased metron. More and more 
for influence over greater numbers of people. And then after his resurrection, he goes to the disciples and says, okay, now I want you to go in out here and disciple the whole earth. Wow, disciple the earth? I've never even been anywhere but the Middle East. He said, you heard what I said. Why? Because it belongs to God. They had to go places they've never been to do something they already had done, though. How? In a capsule form. What? Houses, villages, towns, cities. Now he's saying, you've proven. Now I'm going to leave, but I'm going to send the Holy Ghost. Now you're going to be responsible for whole nations. Let me explain it to you this way. We're still Adam's children. We all are born of one blood, it says in Acts 17, 26. So we're biologically, the children of Adam have come down to us. We are still under that genetic order. But Jesus comes as the last Adam, as it says in 1 Corinthians 15, and guess what? We now are the spiritual children of Almighty God through Christ Jesus. And we carry the genetic order of God himself. We previously carried the genetic order of the natural Adam. Now Christ, the last Adam, we're born. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. See, Christ in us, the hope of glory. So we're of God. You're of God. So what's he saying? So there's a natural you. There's a spiritual you inside. There is a visible you, and then there's an invisible you. The visible you, as you in the form you're in, is going to die. The invisible you, the spiritual you, is going to live forever. So now you've got to cultivate the invisible you. Because now when you start going through these scriptures with me, you're going to see Jesus is talking about that part of a person's life all the time. But what we've done and what culture, the culture has done is he's made the scriptures out and God out to be the person that helps you in your natural life. And that's what life is all about. This natural life is temporary. The life that you are in God is permanent. So I've said this to you. How much do you know about God and from God that when time is no more, you still have to know it? What are the things you got to know? So that's why when you go to disciples and you look at these 30 places that I've identified, Jesus is talking to disciples about the, the, the examples they were to be on the principles that are forever. Did you hear what I just said? So you got to look at it like that. Whatever he allowed them to do on the earth, you can magnify it by a billion times. They're way better than that. As death is swallowed up with life. The new body they're going to have, what they did in the natural body, in the natural body ain't nothing compared to what they're going to do. So you're in training. So the reason for your individual life is so a woman would see you as a man and say, I got to have him. Got to have him. Why? There's something that comes off of you that identifies with her, that unifies with her. She said, if he, if he asks me, I'm going to say yes right away after he talks to my dad. Yes. And that's what happens. So there's unity of spirit. And so the two of you now as a family set an example for God. So that's why the first time you hear this phrase, as the days of heaven upon earth is in Deuteronomy chapter 11, 18 through 21. As the days of heaven upon earth. The average person doesn't realize 
that their home is supposed to be an example of what heaven is like. So that's what you create. That's, yes, see? And you look at the last phrase of 18, verse 11, 18 to 21, and it says, if you put the word of God in first place, that's what that's all about. You lay them up. It says, it says these are my words in, in your heart and in your soul. In other words, it's deep within you. It's in your heart, and it controls your emotions, your mind, and your will. That's the soul realm. You lay this thing. You make the word a priority in your life. And then it says, if you do this and you teach it to your children, come on, you, you see, teach them to your children. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Speaking of them, look at this, though. Go ahead. Back. Speaking of them when, yeah, thank you very much. Speaking of them, when you sit in your house, look at that. When you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. Isn't that what the man of God said early? Isn't that what he does? He clearly does that. <laughs> that where do you go that he's not making it first place? What's the benefit of making the word the priority? Go ahead to the next verse. And you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates, right in the house, on the outside door, and God we trust. You know, just things like that. Go ahead. You, you, in other words, you're not afraid to make Jesus bold. That your days and the days of your children may be what? Multiply in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give them, okay, what? Like the days of the heavens above the earth. Look at this. So now you then become an example in your family, in your house. If people want to find out what heaven is like, just come visit you. If you want to find out how a husband treats a wife, how a wife submits to a husband, how children, they come to your house because that's what heaven is like. So what I'm saying to you is you're not just supposed to have a good marriage. You're supposed to have a God marriage. In other words, the home is a picture of heaven. Well, some people may be saying in their mind, well, mine isn't. Well, you're still living, aren't you? And whatever you are not, the reason you're hearing this is because the potential is there. Faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. Some of you never thought that, that my home is supposed to be like heaven. So that means if sickness comes, if disease comes like what I'm dealing with right now, so the issue isn't just my wife been sick. The issue is how I'm handling it. Because I'm still alive. She's still alive. They're in that room. You know, I'm playing music to her. That's music that I know she recognizes. So she's becoming more and more. She's recognizing. And then I say to her, you're going to walk. I said, I'm not massaging you just so, so you can feel good. I'm massaging you so I activate your muscles. Woman, you're going to walk. You're going to walk. You're going to get up and you're going to come to me. You know, and then she goes, she starts crying. Say, uh-uh, no, 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 don't cry. This is going to happen. Listen to me, okay? So the doctors, you, you, okay, the doctors, they, I don't even know what, I don't even know who they are. They don't, the nurses, they just, they're not doing nothing in there. And uh, so the uh, orderly that cleans her up and all that kind of stuff there, I, I found one because now she's in a permanent place. And this just orderly is like, whoa, look at her. Look at here. Now she is like, Ghetto kind of looking. She got tattoos like all over the place. She does. She got it. She got them. She loaded with them. But when I came in there and I'm, she saw me dealing with my wife and talking to her, and she says, my mama was like she was. I said, what do you mean? She says, she was in the same shape your wife's in. And she's back. She's all the way back now. She says, and I know, I know what to do with her. Did you hear this, man? She says, I know what to do with her. And then I, I was there yesterday, and I looked at her hair, and I said, oh, baby, you need to, I, I'm, she was in the other side. She, they got, 
two people in a room, okay? So that, get it. Don't, there's no use of me even dressing that. And so I said, baby, I need to get your hair done, baby. I need to do your hair. She heard me. She says, no, no, don't worry. I will do her hair. I will do her hair. She says, oh, yes. I said, well, baby, I'm going to dress you in the Lululemon. I got it. She said, well, can you bring her a dress so she can look pretty? I mean, this girl's right. So you know what I did? She didn't know this, but I had $100 in my pocket. I took that $100 out and put it right in her hand. She, I didn't want to. I, I, I said, look, don't tell nobody. Okay, this, is, this is you and me doing this. What you said concerning my wife is more than what all the others have said put together. You seeing it like that woman? I said, this is awesome. This is awesome. Let me tell you something. I can tell she, she went in the bathroom. I, I, know she, I know what she did. She checked out how much money that was. This girl was, I know she had a move on her. She had a move on her. Because why? No, no. I don't have that mentality. Well, she gets paid already. She's supposed to do that. No, no. You're dealing with my woman. I'm going to inspire. She's already shown me she's the next level. She wants me to bring a dress so, my, so she can put a dress on my wife. She said, I take her out. She says, I will take her out. Look at this girl. So I told her already, I'm a bishop. I love God and all this. So, you know, all this. So now I'm going to locate her. I'm going to locate her. I have several people in that hospital. I'm going to locate. I got a couple friends. Oh, you know, up the street, there's Planet Golf. You know Planet Golf? So a couple of the owners of that, that jane, they're going to be slipping in here. Watch. They're going to slip in here because why? I'm talking to them about the Lord. They know I'm old, but they see that this, I said, this standard is over here. I came here. Why I came here? I came here to be with this church right here. You got to hear it. Did you know about it? You know, I'm working them. Now, one of them is a member of the pre, the, what do you call it? Riviera Golf Country Club. That country club is bigger than Sawgrass Country Club. Them fat boys. You got to pay 120000 to be a member of that and $1,000 a month, and they got a four-year waiting list. So them James got some money. You understand what I'm saying? But they're supposed to be here. And look, and I'm telling you right now, if you go in there, there is a riot in there. And I asked the guy, I said, look, this thing is kind of busy, not just busy with people buying stuff. There are people coming in there to hang out. He says, why? He says, because Jesus is at, the, is at the center of this. He says, because we, 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 we love Jesus. But then I asked him, what church do you go to? <clears throat> Uh, <laughs> who's your spiritual father? So I said, look, you got to come over here. So now, out of oblig obligation, I asked them, look, you got to come. Look, I, oh, and then I'm telling them about when I'm going to minister and that. I said, we got to set a time that you come and be a part of both. Look, both the Sunday service, it's at 9 o'clock. They're not open at 9 on Sunday. And then on Monday night, they'll be closed. And I do go at 5 o'clock when they get out of there. They own the place, but they like, they, they work them numbers. And so I'll say, come on, you got to come to this 8 o'clock men's meeting. I'm working them. Why? Because they're already, they're not far from the kingdom of God, if you understand. Let me go on now as I'm headed towards my first close. And you know I hate closing. I, you know this, this evidently can't be like four messages. So I haven't even got started on this thing good. I haven't got started. But get the point about progression. Now, can you imagine Jesus telling the disciples, disciple nations? Well, they've already proven themselves to disciple, right? To affect a home, homes, to affect towns, to affect cities, okay? So now he's saying, okay, you've proven yourself. Favor with little, you're favor with what? Much. In other words, they don't have to already have proven they can disciple a nation. They've already proven in three different areas of responsibility they will be faithful. So now God says, I can leave, 
send the Holy Ghost and I can be assured that nations are going to be affected? Watch this question. Was Jesus right about it? Let me answer it for you so that you won't be wrong. Fail the test. He was exactly right about it. Why? Because we are the product of the apostolic discipleship that has come to all nations. Now, when you read Acts chapter 1 and then 2, where the Holy Ghost was outpoured, you can see the beginning of the spread of the gospel right from there. And the disciples going all the way out like that. But have you thought about it? We are apostolic sons and daughters. We have come from one of the apostles' faithfulness down to us. Now get this point I'm making. Adam populated the earth naturally. If you'll read 1 Corinthians 15, you'll see that Jesus is called the last Adam. Jesus is populating the earth spiritually. Now watch. Adam's physical formation of children are going to die out. And everything he was in the flesh. But Jesus' spiritual formation... And everything he was, both in the flesh and the spirit, are going to keep living. That's you. See, there is a natural repopulation that is going on and continuing under the Adamic lineage. People are still alive if they don't kill themselves. Do you understand? Destroying nations. Look at them now. So people are afraid. They're afraid of the environment. They're afraid of nuclear weapons. They're afraid of terrorists. They're afraid. They're afraid. Why? They're afraid to the degree they're disconnected from God. Look, that was a great time to say amen, so I'll say amen to myself. Amen, Boone. That's good preaching, buddy. Tell it like it is. Keep telling it, Boone. They're going to get it. Yes. Because the fear of dying, no matter what it is, is your disconnect with God. And because there are a number of amazing things that God has said concerning you. What you bind on earth is bound in heaven. So I had to bind the, the spirit of sickness and disease off my wife. Because I, I, God got to see that no matter what I see, it's what I believe that's going to make the difference. But let's say she goes home and be with the Lord. Then one, that's better for her. But let's just say, okay, but then that's better for her. But watch this. But look, what's going to be good for me? To see me faithful, they that believe to the end the same that should be saved. In other words, what he hasn't told me and what I don't know doesn't matter. It's what I believe and what I'm living consistently before him. So I bind that spirit of sickness and disease. I bind a stroke spirit. I loose those arms. I say to her, come on, okay, we're stretching this arm out because it's going to activate, okay? So stretch it out. Look, more, 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 more. Come on, come on. And I get it. She goes, oh. I said, we found a spot now. Let's get going. We got to get past that. So I'm working her all the time. I said, you're strong. Look at me, woman. You are strong. You, you're an amazing woman. No, I'm, this thing got to happen. It's got to happen. Until God tells me it's not supposed to happen, it's going to happen. And so every prayer that you pray, I said, baby, there's lots of people praying for you. There are lots of people believing for you. And she goes, she starts crying. She's touched by it. So now I'm getting more emotion out of her than I've ever, than since she's been there. She's more and more, she's emoting and I'm thankful for it, so I don't want her crying, but that means she's identifying what I'm saying, understanding and hearing. I'm playing her music where she used to know the words, and when it gets to those words that relate to where she's at, she cries. It's touching her. 
I'm saying, okay, baby, don't cry, but I, I'm, in, in, rea in reality, I'm glad she's crying because I know she's understanding the words. The power of God is at work. So then I'll tell her, baby, you now understand something you didn't understand before. You were totally out of it. You didn't recognize me. You didn't open your eyes. You, wouldn't emo you couldn't do anything. So now you can move your hands. So now on the right hand, I told you this before, I was getting ready to leave a couple, maybe two or three times ago, and she took her right hand. She's left-handed, though. She took her right hand and reached out to grab me. And so that was, she shouldn't have done that. I said, what? You trying to grab me? And so, you know, you trying to pull me to you, woman? Yeah, I know. You're crazy about your husband. So I, I, tell, I tell, oh, yeah, I tell her that. She starts laughing at me. She laughs. She can get that. I said, you're right about it. Okay, so I'm not leaving right now. Okay, if you, you're going at me like that, I'm going to go ahead and stay a little bit longer. So, yeah. So, because I used to talk trash to her like that. So, old, being old don't mean you don't talk smack. I'm talking smack right now. I talk to stuff. I talk to stuff. I'm not talking stuff to you, though. I'm talking to you about reality. This thing has hit me. So, now, to show you again, please listen to me. I'm going to read, maybe starting in the next service. If you read the rest of this, I'll, I'll get down to the bottom of this. Just, for, just to show you something. And you know what? This is the first time, too, I've ever used a computer in here. I mean, look, it probably if my wife was up and running, I wouldn't do this. I just had the Bible out. But now there's stuff going on with me right now. I'm being transformed right before your eyes. Are you using a computer up here, up in here like this? So in, in, in Luke's passage or, or in John's passage, John 6, Around verse um, 10, it says, tell everyone to sit down. This is where the 5,000 is there. So Jesus said, so they all sat down on grassy slopes. The men alone numbered 5,000. Is that incredible? Now, in Matthew's passage, he, it has the same thing. Watch. And he adds a little more. Matthew 14 and verse 20 they all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 baskets full of broken pieces that were left over. About 5,000 men were fed in addition to women and children. See, so Matthew has that addition, in addition to women and children. Uh, John didn't have that like that, see? So, and I could go into some more aspects of it. But watch this. So God allowed 5,000 minimum miracles to happen through the hands of the disciples. They became vehicles of God's miracle working power. Listen to what I'm going to say to you. If you are a disciple, has God changed his mind about miracles being worked through his disciples? I'm telling you that the reason all of us are at a lower level than what we should be is because we got to be fed the stuff that convinces us that God is still a miracle worker and you are a good channel. Oh, man, that was, look, that was something worth shouting about right there. No, no, I'm just saying, no, I'm just saying. See, we put it in the category, uh, Pastor Jose, as it being a gift. There are gifts. There are gifts of the Spirit. But now what I'm talking about is a disciple's responsibility. Jesus didn't say, I'm going to give you the gift to be able to see 
multiplication of food right before you. But he did not. He told them what to do, have them sit down in numbers of, I think I forgot the number, numbers of 50, he said. Look at that. That's the Jubilee number. And they sat down. They, he said, you give them something to eat. That sounded ridiculous. How are we going to feed them? We don't have enough money. We don't have enough food. But look at the potential. The Lord blessed it. And they became the instruments of the miracle multiplication of food to at least minimum. Most theologians will admit 20,000 miracles. Look who it was through, though. Disciples. So all this kind of talk with people saying, like, because you, you got it out there, too. Like, God's going to use you. God will work miracles through your life. Well, he could, but not likely. What are you saying? This was done through disciples. You got to understand a clear distinction between God using somebody haphazardly that's not even dedicated. Now, can he? Yeah, he can. He's almighty God. I mean, really, that's not what he's teaching. Disciple, disciplined one. Ones that he can trust. Ones that will not take his glory. Ones that will be available to him for where, whatever. This is what you got right now. Can you imagine those guys seeing the bread and the fish and the loaves never going out and all those people being, being fed? But listen, God doing it through their hands. Let me make this bold statement to you. The only hands he has to do it now or your hands. Until you realize that if no one else is willing to be used by God for his miracle working power, that you are dedicated enough, you are surrendered enough, you are a disciple enough, you are humble enough, you are yielded enough, that God can use you, and then you go farther than he can use you, you move into now a plea with God, God use me. Let me be your miracle working. Trust me with it. And the devil comes to you and says, he can't trust you. You're going to be in the flesh. You're going to get up in pride. God, and if I would get up in pride, take that away from me so that I can be faithful all the way through and being used by you. Take away the devil's excuses and give yourself the information you need from Scripture to operate in faith. Why shouldn't you be the new amazing Children of God, who God can use in ways like he hasn't used anyone else. Why shouldn't you be a real disciplined one? Why shouldn't you be privately devout? Why can't you? I, I talked to, what's my daughter's name that sang opera? Uh-huh. Julie May. That's a great name, Julie May. So I'm, I'm always, I, and when I see her, I look her, I give her the thumbs up. You know why? Because God will take somebody like that and break them out. The same way I saw a video from this man of God here uh, that he did uh, recently in, in, the, in a park and playing the piano, using his gifts. And then I asked him, why did you choose the park? He says, because young people are open. They want things amazing. So you got an old man like me still available to God to be amazing. When you are the one who's ordained for this generation to be the new amazement. Does God have to keep on using old men when you are the new guard? What level are you available to be used? Are you truly a disciple or are you just a church member? Saved from hell 
But living underneath the discipleship level, come on with me now, come on with this. That means like he'll talk to anybody about Jesus anywhere. Like he looks for a door to be open to get able to witness. That's you. That is you. You look for a door, an opportunity to pray, the opportunity to give them a testimony about what God has done in your life, an opportunity to talk about what Jesus is willing to do through them, the call of God on their lives. I mean, you are standing loaded with the things of God, ready to be God's ambassador to a generation that you haven't given up to go to hell. You say, no, I'm going to rob hell of all the works of Satan and the people that would go there. I'm going to get people born again and make them suitable for heaven. And that's going to be my life journey. I saw a documentary with Kanye West. It was done in 2018. And he brags about it. Uh, maybe he wasn't bragging. He was just saying it as a, as a fact. He says, I'm the most, um, uh, my stuff has gotten out greater than any musician in history all over the world. He makes that bold proclamation. I'm not, I'm hoping he's not Nebuchadnezzar in, in terms of all of that. But, but then he makes a statement later on. He says, and the number one reason that I have this level is because my goal is to convert every person that knows me. He makes that in the statement. And now, now I would say, based on his conversation, and I, it's about two hours long, and I saw almost all of it, not quite all of it because of whatever, and I would say he needs a father. Now, I asked my youngest son, now, the guy has substance. Now, he does know stuff that's happened in the world. He knows the people. He's been with Joel Osteen. He, he's been with a lot of these people. They, they recognize he's bipolar. He, he talks about him being bipolar. But then he admits that the creativity he got, God gives it to him. And that he recognizes when they cut me off because of him saying he's going to be president in 2024. He still believes that. He says that he made Trump his friend. And he says, all of my friends... Like many of them cut me off. He says, but then when I obey God and do what he wants, I still fill coliseums with, with 19,000 in attendance. I still fill uh, stadiums with 43,000. This is in the last couple of months. In other words, he's saying, I'm surrendered to God. I don't really see that totally because I need uh, uh, Bishop Joaquin to get to him. I believe there would be a transformation because, you know, there's no, there's no room. There's no room there. He doesn't give you any room for nonsense, and he would help him. I believe he would restore the marriage back. I trust that she won't get married, and he won't get married before they get restored. I mean, you've got to believe for that. And um, so because they're such icons, and why not to the, be to the glory of God? Look, this is what I would say about him. You did run well, right, Galatians 4. Who did hinder you? Paul said, my little children, I travail in pain again till Christ be formed in you. That's my prayer regarding all of us and all of you that's here. I would like to say one more thing. Like, in these cases, Jesus met privately with those disciples. Now, I sh now you know, I kinda, I'm kind of forward with you, but I'm forward with you because of the fact that I believe in you. I would like to spend private time with each of these that were here, particularly in a, in a collective. I would like to identify 
the benefit of my exposure to these. Now, Pat Robinson this year, this, this last week, if you may have seen it, just going to turn everything over to Gordon. Now, I would say this, that you got to understand. Now, Gordon is 63. Tim is the oldest, the oldest son. And Anne LeBlanc, which I know all three of them, all of them used to work with him. Gordon now has the, he's the head of president of TCBN. Pat is still chairman of the board, okay? So he's still the 800-pound gorilla, you understand? But this is what also is understood. He's the sharpest tack in the room. Being 91 years old with his sons and everybody else in there, I've been in the board meetings with him, okay? So at the Regent University, now these are all CEOs of major corporations in that boardroom at Regent. And when they come up with stuff, they're okay, but usually what he comes up with is going to be another level higher, spiritually and naturally, that old. So he's still sharp. God still gave him, gave him an amazing ability. So he might be just stepping down, but in note, he said he's going to teach a class at Regent University. I'm going to also be, do answer questions from the public on air, which you, if you've ever seen him do that, he does a tremendous job at answering Internet questions that come in to him uh, on hard things. Hard, I said, look, look at here. I, I like that. And so when we go there, I'm going to see if we can't meet. They haven't, he hasn't met with anybody since COVID. So I do know that. But it would be great if I could, Miss Ellenwood, I know you're looking at me right now. So we, we know Luann, get with her and get with the other, his secretary, and see if I can't meet, even if I got to sit across the room, okay? Because you would ask me, who would I respect of the men? Look, the, the giants are almost all gone, okay? I could name them, you could name them, only about two or three of them are left, okay? So, but that's one killer I respect. And my word is that he's going to grow into that. If you understand both what God is doing in his life and in your life, you will push what he's not pushing. Right now, <clears throat> he will go places I will not. And, and he'll go for lengths of time I will not. God would have to, like, visit me. Because he'll go for two days or one day or whatever. And now I have people working on me just doing stuff on the Internet. Hey, I want to say something to you, Jose, um, that came to me while I was praying. So you send out devotionals. So you got to ask yourself, who's your target market? Who are they? I mean, are they leadership? Are they transcendent culture? Who are you getting response from? What's the Holy Ghost doing in that? Do you transcend culture? You understand that? Was it, does it reach the masses? What's the effect it's having on masses? I'm not talking about your normal metron, where you came from in Mexico and that. I'm talking about if... And I've noticed what you, stuff you're doing. Is it, who is it broad-based? And who are you to this generation right now? And if people listen to you, if they read your devotionals, um, what would happen to the culture? What would happen to a nation? So I would say increase the measure of your faith. Now, when he brought you with him to us, uh, um, Jacksonville, and we were at Pontevedra Inn. You were in him, you were with him in a servant position. You were great humility, but you, he gave you a permission to say a word, and the word was substantive. 
Probably the only one that really heard you in there was me. But what I heard was the spirit weight on you. Not just your words, but your weight. The weight of glory. So if you can carry a generation, if you can carry a nation, if you can carry leadership, who are they? Ask God to show them to you. Because if you can carry them, they cannot ignore you. Okay? So look for a greater response. I would like to talk with you on a personal level about some of that. So this is what I'm saying. So with some of the people, the stuff that you're doing, if I'm here, you can't, like you said to me, okay, we got today, and are you going to do today? And I said, you're not robbing me of my opportunity to be before the people. Why? Because I love this. Because I love the hand of God on your life, and I love the response of the people who are hungry for the word. This, I can't emphasize it enough. You're building something that the whole world needs to see. Believe for it. Accelerate your faith for it, that the whole world is going to have to know about this man named Bucky. Him, leader, because he's living for God. He's not living for himself. My father, thank you for each one of these under the sound of my voice. These who would now have to look at their lives and see if are they disciples or are they members who just come to a church or are they disciples who are going to take the gospel of the kingdom to the whole world? I'm asking you to give them the gift of repentance if they have been mostly church members. And for the ones who, young or old, who want to be more available to you, I'm asking for a quickening to come to them. I'm asking that you show them the reason for repentance is because you want, don't want them to stay the way that they are. The reason for repentance is because you're turning them around to be something way more amazing than they've ever been. To God be the glory. I say that to those listening by way of internet. In the name of the Lord Jesus, the hand of the Lord God is upon you. And that God has allowed you to not just peek over in here. But if you've listened to me, then you are also being transformed with this company. Now it's time for you not to be quiet about it any longer. Write this ministry. Write this man of God. Write these people and say, I'm in that company with you. I'm the new guard. I'm the ones that God can use to make a difference. No matter if I'm being used already, God is so much greater than how I'm being used. And I join with you in this. So write, spring of life, write what is a man, any kind of way you can. No, this is a no excuse moment. Do it to God be the glory in Jesus' name. God bless. Hope to see you again. Amen. Hallelujah. Want to remind you that tonight at 6 p.m., Pastor Richie's evening service at Spring of Life will be here, 6 p.m. in the evening. Um, the way that God moves, right? where two or more are gathered, I, I continue to tell you that the first 15 years of, of our lives in Christ, we went to church every day, the morning and in the evening on Sundays. It was the day of the Lord. And so we grew up uh, knowing God strong and delighting in his presence. 
My dad had spent so many years pursuing the things of this earth and seeing it crumble and fall apart. Whatever's not on the foundation of the rock of God, the Bible says when the winds blow and the rains fall and the floods rise, it ends up in nothing. So he thought it important that he would capture the latter days of his life building on the rock for spiritual things. And that is what has remained and, and I can tell you that the blessing of the Lord is greater than any wealth in the natural that he built because what has sustained me, his children, and his grandchildren um, is, is the truth of God's word. And, and the, the heavens and the earth will pass away, but God's word will remain. And so we thank God for that. Um, the other thing is that we've always strived to be cutting edge. And at the, at the you know... Uh, for years, people would walk into the sanctuary and look around and have evidence of the excellence of God in our lives. And then this has been true, a spring of life. We don't even have to talk to people. And when they walk into this building, they see, okay, these people have the latest technology. We're building a state-of-the-art studio uh, so that we could broadcast and we could record. Um, and, and this is just the beginning days of the earth getting to know our ministry and our passion for God. But I'll tell you this, this particular framework up here, which is the screen and the projector, I don't know if you think you're getting old or you think it's fading. You can barely see the letters, right? So we're getting a state-of-the-art $50,000 screen, LED, that's going to be Mac Daddy, fine, crazy, amazing. And we're going to install that puppy right here. And it's, it's going to be, I don't even know, I don't, the, the technological people are going to have to tell me if we're going to go blind watching this screen. But, but we're going to change this thing, and in the coming days, just one day you'll walk in here, and you're going to see some, some glory um, in the natural, you know. Be, why? We want to have the best and, and be able to um, just, just I, I just seen it out there, and I think it's wonderful, and I think that it's time for our upgrade. That projector, the bulb looks like it's like getting dim. Uh, or I, either I'm getting old or the bulb is getting dim and the projector's not working. But we're going to get a state-of-the-art uh, machinery in here. Um, also, the lighting in here also, I think they're going to do something with the lighting um, for whatever it's worth. I just pray that we do it right and we do it gloriously for the Lord. And, and it'll be our upgrade during Pastor Appreciation Month. We're going to bless ourselves with, with a higher expression of technology in the house of God. So um, tomorrow night, the men's meeting at 8 o'clock, Bishop Boone is going to unload. Uh, I can tell you that God is doing something really special uh, in the lives of men in Miami just because they come across us. Uh, there's a, the, the, the miracles are crazy. One of the guys, you guys heard it on 8-8 when we were doing that stuff at Donald Trump. The guy was sticking his hand out the window and the Lord told me to talk to him. And I was like, Lord, I don't want to talk to this guy. It's too early in the morning. He's going to get upset. Then I'm going to get upset. And there are going to be two upset people here. So the Lord says, well, you're the bishop. You decide if you're going to be the bishop or not. So I said, okay, Lord, you got me. And so I put down my window and I told this guy, listen, God wants to bless you. And obviously he goes, I know. I don't need to hear it from you. And I was like, listen, brother, you think I felt like putting my window down and talking to you? And he just began to bawl and started crying. He got set free from drug addiction. He hasn't missed a service since that day. Uh, three days later, he came out here. He was trying to find out where that man was. And he kept on walking out in the parking lot trying to find the address because he wanted to run into me again. And, and again, he's joined the church. We've had several. He hasn't missed a service 
He comes on Monday nights. If you haven't met him, his name is Michael, Michelle. And uh, there's just, he says, you don't understand. I was a drug addict until that morning. That morning changed my life. And it was just being obedient one second and being tuned to the radar. Because if I was in the flesh, I said, this, uh, I would like, I would have cursed him and not wasted time with him. Because he looked all scrappy and all, but, but he was precious in the sight of God. And he was worth to hear a word of God that transformed his life. And those are, those are modern day miracles, biblical, epic proportion, if we are about the Lord's business. And, and this world is getting ugly, ugly, ugly. This, this world is really, um, I was telling somebody uh, as I was visiting all these lawyers during the last week, um, this world pulls you to a degenerate existence. You're, you're not, you don't even enjoy living like the world calls you to live. But if we were to capture God and bring that glory into, and that, that's my passion in this place, to make it real. That's why Spring of Life is around. So, so you make it real in Jesus' name. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the people of God and the house of God, listening to the word of God from the man of God. Fill us with your spirit and let there no, be no distortion or distraction or, or distancing ourselves from you, oh God. You've done everything in your power to bring us near even the death of your son on the cross. And while we were yet sinners, you gave your son to die on the cross that we might be near to the heart of God. We pray your blessing upon the pastors this appreciation month. We pray, Father God, for your people to be able to prosper and to uh, reach levels of prosperity that they could be a force to contend with financing and funding the kingdom of God for your glory, Lord. That you make us rich, that we can make your presence uh, a reality tangible existence upon the earth we pray for good health lord we pray for sick to be healed in jesus name for the lost to be saved from the captive to be set free oh god the whole world is longing to see the sons of god in their liberty expressing their um, appreciation and value and worship to the things of god we pray that this week would be a week of compelling tangible resources Put into the hands of those people that steward well, O oh God. Forgive us our sins and wash us with the blood of Jesus. Give us godly thoughts. Transform our thoughts so that we might know your will, which is good, perfect, and acceptable. Thank you for Catherine Boone and her recovery, Lord. We declare her healed in Jesus' name, Lord. Totally whole in mind, soul, and body, Father. Be glorified, O oh God, through her life and let us see your glory. We pray for 1010 in uh, um, uh, Virginia Beach, Virginia, Lord, that there would be a divine consecration gathering, Lord, with Bishop Boone, O oh God, that he would shake the Northeast with your presence and revelation and, and a word that would be compelling to the leaders in that area, Father God. Show your hands strong, Father God, and be glorified this month, Lord, like never before. In Jesus' name we pray and the house of God says, amen, amen, and amen. Greet each other in the love of the Lord and go change the world in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.